Mike one, Mike one, isn't this lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Hey, uh, welcome to another edition of Did You America? I'm Canfield. He's Jeremy. Hey. Jeremy's got big news, everybody. Oh, yes, I do, folks. The new cell phone is finally here. It is up and running. Two months later, I am a tech genius. Jeremy is... uh, Metaphorically speaking, he's had a hard-on for this phone for the last 24 hours. You know, I've moaned on this podcast many times before that I'll send him messages, and he just doesn't respond for three, four days. And um, I just said, I don't know whether this is because you're out of your mind, or you are just completely unmillennial, and you don't know how to do text messages, or maybe you're the new generation of millennial, and text messages is too way behind. There was a time, there was a time I was starting to think, do I need to do interpretive dances of the messages that I wish to send Jeremy and put them on TikTok, and then maybe he'll reply. I don't think I've ever received as many text messages from you ever as I did yesterday because you got your new cell phone working. I was driving around getting groceries and running some errands in my car yesterday and my car's got the Apple CarPlay so it talks, to, tells the messages to me and I can dictate back. You wouldn't shut up. Yeah, well, you're before you were describing the old Jeremy, that was the, that was the tech idiot Jeremy. You're now speaking to Tech Genius Jeremy. And Tech Genius Jeremy has his cell phone in his hand 24-7 is ready to respond. <laughs> Literally, all day yesterday. Text, 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 nonstop, hey, you're right? you me now, huh? I think I actually had to tell Jeremy yesterday the time at which I was going to bed just so he'd stop texting me. <laughs> then today, he turns up at my apartment where we uh, record this podcast because remember, I have no job, so I, my broadcasting career is uh, becoming my uh, my kitchen table and um we're walking back to my apartment <laughs> he just pulls out, <laughs> literally pulls out of his pocket the phone and just goes new phone yeah i'm excited okay <laughs> you don't understand i did the impossible i did what what apple i called apple they told me what i needed to do with my new phone was impossible i asked geek squad they told me what i needed to do was impossible I asked AT&T, said the same thing. I Googled it, got the same thing. Yet I managed somehow to get every single element from my old phone on a completely different Apple ID onto my new phone without losing a single thing of data. Every single person listening to this podcast right now, including any grandmas and granddads who we may have on board for Did You America, is listening to this and going... But I managed to transfer all of my stuff from one phone to the other. It's not about transferring it from one phone to the other. It's about transferring it from a new Apple ID, which a simple Google search will tell you it's impossible. But I have proven Steve Jobs wrong. I have once again taken that motherfucker down from the grave. He's mine. He's my bitch. I like that now you're so proud of yourself. You're like, no. No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding the situation of what I had to do. Let me explain the technical, <laughs> let me explain the technical achievements from yesterday in terms that maybe you would understand. Canfield, 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 you <laughs> old grandfather. Let me explain to you the ways of the computer. <laughs> and the other thing he's doing, right? Not only is he just pulling the cell phone out of his pocket and going, new phone i'm like yeah i know jeremy because you sent me 27 text messages about it yesterday right the other thing is we get to the apartment and we're pulling up uh, you know our notes about what we're going to discuss in today's podcast and then um the phone makes a noise and jeremy just goes huh need to put a stop to that otherwise i won't be able to discreetly take dick pics in the middle of the day yeah when i was taking when i was Taking photos, it was making the camera noise. This isn't a real camera. I don't need the noise. It's big business. How am I supposed to be out in public, snap a quick dicky, send it to my lady friends? And your new thing, it goes ding, and Jeremy goes, oh, who's sexting me at this time of day? It was my mom. Translated... You're now aware when you get a text message, whereas before you had no idea when they were coming in, which was why you were always three or four days late in replying. I don't think you understand. This is tech genius Jeremy. You Can I please explain to you what I did to get this phone working? Because I don't think you understand. I know that it took you a month. Yeah, well, that's the thing is what... Can I just ask, is anyone listening to this podcast right now who themselves or knows anyone else who has got a new phone and has taken one month 
to even unwrap it because they were so intimidated by the idea that they had to get all of their stuff from their old phone to their new phone and thought that this was a technological feat that no one could achieve. It is. You have you don't understand. I literally called companies and they told me it was impossible. I so I figured I would have, the reason why it took me so long is I figured because Apple was telling me I couldn't do it that to save all my data on one Apple ID and transfer it to a new one, I would have to use like third-party apps and whatnot. Is Apple just telling you this because you you're the also the only person I know that's ever been banned from an Apple store? That- so I feel like when you go to an Apple help desk, be it on the phone or online, whichever forum you choose to use, your name sets off an alarm and they just go, just tell him anything to make sure that he doesn't think he's going to take it into an Apple store. That was absolutely a possibility but after going through multiple other sources including the dark web i learned that in fact they were telling me the truth i even used a (laughs) fake name and everything i got through the system look i'm a hacker now i know how to do these things i am a tech genius i will say this even if everything you're saying is absolute crap it's better that it's see it's better that you have guided your mind to this space to believe that you've read everything possible and tried everything possible and you alone have overcome what you thought was an insurmountable task despite the fact i guarantee everyone listening to this podcast right now has managed to transfer their data from one phone to another and that you live in this world where you had to do this and you've achieved it and no one else could do it because if you'd have channeled this kind of it's like an obsession through other means and you'd have done it on Facebook, you probably would have been at the Senate a week ago, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, the, the, the mindset of those people that thought that they were going to break into Nancy Pelosi's office with no plan when they got there apart from to take a selfie and look like a member of Lordy. I would have been I'm, the I'm, one I'm, smoking in the office. <laughs> right. I believed that they were somehow going to change something. That was, and again, I don't, I don't want to, we don't want to get political. That was all born out of people obsessed with various different websites and news feeds and they convinced themselves that they were doing something worthwhile you've taken that psychology for tech you've somehow immersed yourself in chat rooms which i think are all actually being controlled by apple because they just don't ever want to see you in one of their stores again <laughs> and, and 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 your rationale into jeremy is now a technological expert is about as sound as the rationale of the guy from iced earth who was at the senate <laughs> with a bear spray just over over a week ago and is now in jail. You are unfairly diminishing my accomplishments. You do not understand. It's not about transferring from one phone to the other. I So when I turned on this new phone, it said, it was like, hey, all you have to do to transfer your new ones is put your old phone near your new phone. When you get when you're using the same Apple ID, they make it that simple through iCloud and AirDrop. All you have to do is put the phones near each other and it transfers everything for you. That's not what I was trying to do. When you start a new Apple ID, everything you've ever downloaded gets deleted because they want you to download it again, whether it was paid for or not. So I did not change my Apple ID because I have had music in my iTunes that I have been downloading since middle school and I didn't want to get rid of it. So what I had to do, and truly, I'll I'll be honest, I know I'm saying I'm a tech genius, I am. I think that my laziness and ineptitude with the product is what made this possible because they thought it was impossible for normal people, but for people that weren't using their products correctly, See, you're using clearly it worked phrases out. like normal people. I mean, you literally have become the iced earth of the tech world. We know into- damn well I am not a normal person. That's become so clear already. With That's that's a whole nother can of worms we do not need to go down right now. The, the thing is, is look. I'll do this real quick. All I did was (laughs) I took what worked out is so my mom a few months back, she gave me her old Mac desktop. This is where it does get millennial. He's bringing his mom into it. Yes. Well, look, (laughs) she wants she got a new computer. She said, do you want my old one? I said, hell yeah. Why not? Right. So I what I did was as opposed to using the computer that my iTunes and Apple ID were already saved onto, I got on the desktop. I created a whole new profile went on to iTunes, create a whole new Apple ID. Then I backed up my old phone onto that new Apple ID. 
restored that backup onto my new phone. So this is the quick version of this story. I swear it is, because it took me so many days to figure this out. This is the fastest it could possibly go. After the old phone was restored with my old Apple ID, I then had to go into the settings and manually change everything over to my new Apple ID. And somehow that tricked the phone into believing that all that stuff was already downloaded onto my new Apple ID. Right. Which is, again, when I went to AT&T to get the screen protector, I told the guy this, his jaw dropped. He thinks I am a hacker now. I am truly a tech genius. It doesn't end there, Camfield. What did I send you a picture of this weekend? Me watching the Mavs game on my computer. Figured that one out. No one sent me an AT&T password. Yet now I have beautiful quality every game for free right at a click away. That's true. Although my takeaway from that picture was that I could see that the power cable was at the, in this plugged into the side of the computer. I thought you just sent me a picture of your laptop to show that you'd now learned that in order to keep the laptop on long term, you have to plug it into the power. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but... Today, not only is the power of my computer plugged in, but so is the microphone. <laughs> Tech genius. You can't deny it. I almost showed up today dressed like Steve Jobs, turtleneck, shaved head and all. I, uh, I, now, yesterday when you were sending me these text messages, I did say, yeah, this is all well and good. But you do realize that uh, you're sending me text messages from your email address, not from your cell number. Again, not... <laughs> This was what I, but I figured out the problem. I figured it out. It was simply that I needed to restart my iMessage because it was still, it was still thinking it was saved onto the old phone. I had it within a day. You're getting them for my number now. Quit your complaining. Um, can I just, can I make one quick point about when I, the website I now watch Mavs games on? Okay. okay. Awesome. Great quality. I highly recommend, but I will not give the link up because I don't want this website to go away. But the thing is, is on the, on the side panel of the game, they have a chat going on. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, other Mavs fans see what they're talking about. This chat, the unbasketballness of this chat is so distracting. I don't know how I'm going to watch Mavs game still. So at first I see uh, the first comment says, how big is he? I'm thinking, you know, standard NBA question. We're worried about height for a position. You know, sometimes we, you want to know if they're 6'10 or they're seven footers. The guy says six inches. <laughs> I'm a little confused, but like, you know, maybe he is too. Are you watching the uh, uh, the uh, basketball gay feed? It gets so pornographic as the game went on. They're Were you watching it via Grinder? It says Doncic is fat. His dick, that is. <laughs> These are the comments I'm trying to read. One of one of the guys' screen names is Osama Bin Harden BBC, <laughs> which for any porn viewer knows stands for Big Black Cock. So, so basically, you found a website streaming basketball games, which is run by some gay guys who don't pay for the sports networks because they're very pricey and they'd rather watch drag race than sports. But they've suddenly discovered that the basketball players are really hot. So they've, they're, they're, so, so you're basically you're basically getting illegal basketball through like a grinder dating app feed. Yes. That's what that's what you're basically getting. I think getting. they clearly have porn links up next to the window of the basketball game. And like they just can't figure out which is which, you know, they're lost in the world combining the too. I texted the the picture of the screen chat to one of my friends and said, how am I supposed to watch basketball? He said, you know, that right there, that's the future of watching basketball. I said, if this is the future of watching basketball, the future of ESPN is only breaking down dick size. <laughs> well, it, you're definitely promoting inclusivity. You could say that, right? I think all I've done today is not only... Uh, include everyone but prove that i am a tech genius i'm telling you the way that your mind is reacting to the fact that you've got a new phone now this is this is what happened to the guy from iced earth <laughs> dude you we you had to figure out what iphone you have you're not even up to the eight yet you cannot talk well that is another thing 
So you claim that the whole downfall of your world based on tech not working was that you had an iPhone 8 and it po- couldn't possibly function in 2021. It wouldn't let me connect to Wi-Fi. And yet I'm still using an iPhone 6S and I'm doing just fine. It's clearly messed up because it thinks you're supposed to be in England. It probably thinks you've hacked the phone and stolen it. You're a hacker. That's why it works for you. Well, there, there is actually an issue with that. that if, I, if I plug in my... Um, the uh the maps that you get on the iphone not the google maps the other standard maps right to find my way my phone talks to me in english and it really annoys me and i don't know why that is because this i bought this phone in the states and i've never used it in the uk even when i lived in shitsville and was just visiting a proper country i used to have two separate phones because I, I keep my, I had a, I always had a US cell number. Right. So this phone was exclusively only ever had a US cell number to, to, to let it function. It's exclusively only been used in the States. But yet somehow, when I, I don't know, put in, um, let's say, uh, North Park Shopping Mall in DFW to get the directions, which is about a 10, 15 minute drive from where I live in Deep Ellum, suddenly my phone's like, turn left on the such and such road. And I'm like, well, why are you talking to me? And it really annoys me. No, yeah, that sounds terrible. You need the sexy lady voice. I just want an American, not not an English person telling me. I, I, it, it kind of brings back bad memories that there's an English person telling me what to do. Even And also... How does this English person know better how to get to North Park Mall in DFW than me? You know, this is where someone with a bad sense of humor would say something like, oh, we need the Snoop Dogg version where it says, like, turn left on the shizzle, you know, stuff like that. But that's lame. That's not what we need. What we do need, though, is to make sure that no English person is ever recording their voice for our directions ever again. You left that country for a reason. You shouldn't have to have it in your ears all day. I completely agree. You know, so, no one hears what they actually sound like. You probably think you sound like Chuck Norris. Right. Well, can you imagine if I went into an Apple store because I'm not banned and um, <laughs> and uh, and I said, uh, yeah, I want to get a new cell phone. I've been using a 6S and once they've put me through the shame of having a 6S, just that look they give you of like... <laughs> yeah, a the what? same look I just gave you. A, a, a what? Yeah. Um, and, then, um, a, and then they say... Um, Okay, well, you know, we've got a variety of options in the Apple Store. What are you wanting to get out of your iPhone? And I go, I want it to stop talking English to me! <laughs> what their reaction would be. They're like, you can change it to French. <laughs> uh, today is uh, Blue Monday. Um, if you're listening to this podcast in anything approaching real time, um, it, someone decided a few years ago that this was the most depressing day of the year. Um, and it's because of the amount of debt you've got on your credit card from the holidays. And it's because of the amount of time there is left until Christmas. I mean, they need to reconsider that because obviously Christmas comes again in July. It's, right. not that, it's not that far off. Plus, you know, not everyone celebrates Christmas. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Um, and also the, uh, a great deal of uh, the country has uh, particularly cold weather at the moment, so it kind of just makes people uh, be very unhappy. Jeremy's remedy, obviously, to Blue Monday would be to get a cell phone. I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit uneasy that they promote it. Look, he, he's literally like almost doing a little, a, a little dance I've, in his chair. I say proven. cell phone and you're like going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've proven that I'm a tech genius and I'm happy about it. I've reached the 21st century. You should be happy too. You finally have a proper millennial at your side. You do realize that the uh, your I'm a tech genius, right, is the, is the uh, I say, the equivalent of whatever the FBI is saying to the iced earth guy in jail at the moment. And he, his I'm a tech genius is, we got to stop the steal. <laughs> I've clearly proven way more than I am a tech genius that the election was stolen. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Um, so it's also Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, again, like, you know, stop confusing this with Blue Monday. This is the day when we should be celebrating uh, MLK. And uh, I, I used to work with someone who worked for a different company years and years before where that company used to make the, the, the jocks on the radio station work on MLK Day until he went on air on one of these Mondays and said, uh, hey, it's, I don't know, 610 on such and such day in January, it's a live show. I just want to say that if your boss is making you work today, they're a racist. <laughs> oh, wow. Shots fired, boss. <laughs> so is that, he if, wrong? 
Well, I mean, but the funny thing was that the, the upshot of that company then was that he actually did do some good because the next year and from that year onwards, they gave all of their employees Martin Luther King a day off. Ah. But then they wouldn't give them President's Day off in February. Racist. Well, it's like... Now you're just trying to conceal your racism, right? You're letting people have MLK Day off because you're going, hey, see, he was right. We seemed a bit racist by making people work on MLK Day, but we're taking back the President's Day holiday in February. That'll teach them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, am I racist for not being upset today? What, that you're having to work? Well, just in general that, you know, it's supposed to be the saddest day of the year and I feel a little chipper. Does that make me racist? No, Blue Monday and MLK Day are two completely different things. I'm just saying that, that but my, my point being, I didn't make it very well, is that the idea that Blue Monday, these factors, I think like anyone can have a good day or a bad day. You're, you're manifesting the fact that today is Blue Monday because of all of those different factors. Whereas it's not, I, I, I don't really buy into the idea that Blue Monday is a thing. You're, but put it this way, if you're feeling miserable today, I guarantee you're going to have way worse days at some point during the rest of 2021 there's something to look forward to whereas i'm saying that what we should be focusing on is mlk day and the whole idea that someone's going like oh it's blue monday i'm miserable blah 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 on the same day of mlk day like sort it out well i don't think look mlk day isn't exactly like christmas it's not exactly the day that you're supposed to be like jolly and chipper no remember it yes so it makes sense that that would happen to, in 2021, fall on Blue Monday. First of all, I thought Blue Monday was a New Order song exclusively. Why we're now making it a holiday? It wasn't even the greatest band from the 80s. <laughs> How about a Paradise City night? A what? I'm just saying, like, if you're going to pick a song from the 80s, let's not... There's better options than Blue Monday. Oh, I see. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, Paradise City could be like the following Monday where everyone feels a bit better. Where Is we that what rage. you're saying? <laughs> All right. Well, if you're suffering from Blue Monday, uh, Jeremy's um, ideas of how to get out of Blue Monday are basically to either get a new iPhone or go midget wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I had a uh, fantastic weekend over uh, this week. Now, for this bit, I think it's best if we just pretend, you know, for the next five to ten minutes, COVID just doesn't exist, okay? I sent one of my friends a text message saying, uh, Jeremy went midget wrestling. He just sent me a text. I mean, he sent me 25 texts going, I've got my new phone working. And then, (laughs) by the way, I went midget wrestling. There's something to discuss on the podcast. And um, so I said, well, uh, okay. So I sent this text to one of my buddies in uh, Shitsville. I was like, hey, Jeremy went midget wrestling. And he said two things about that. One, that sounds like a super spreader event. Two, even if there was no COVID, I don't think midget wrestling would be acceptable in the UK anymore. Good on you, Texas. <laughs> well, first of all, shut up with your wokeness for a little bit. I think that little people are the last remaining group that it's okay to make fun of. Not in a mean way. We've learned in 2021 that there's no there's no bullying. That's not acceptable. But they have clearly embraced the joke that watching people that are way too small and a little bit out of proportion flying around a wrestling ring is very entertaining. They have, um, isn't there a dwarf on the Harlem Globetrotters? Is there? You, you, I feel like that would be a very difficult sport for him to succeed in. No, well, I guess he has to get helped by one of the seven foot people. I uh, wonder. I, they're like a tan. That's like. That's like. Do you remember? Uh, do they catch? Do you think they count as one player? Yeah, like, <laughs> like a slightly shorter basketball. It's like a basketball player that's under six foot plus the dwarf. He plays becomes, the basketball. Right. <laughs> that's like back in the day uh, on Jackass. They had Wee Man, and they'd always team him up with the guy Preston, who was like a huge fat guy. It just made sense. It's like. Yin and Yang, you know? Right, yeah, I, because the Holm Globetrotters came to uh, Phoenix when I was living there, and I didn't go to the game, but um, some friends of mine did, and we met up with them afterwards, and um, so it was uh, a couple that had been to the game, and they quite enjoyed the game, apart from the fact that the, the, the boyfriend of the couple was really pissed that the dwarf from the Harlem Globetrotters was hitting on his girlfriend the whole time. <laughs> so, I, I, again, I didn't see the function of the game, but I'm guessing that the little dwarf 
basically runs like around the edge of the court and chats up any women that he likes the look of when he's not being used to give the less than six foot regular player in the Harlem Globetrotters some extra height. Imagine finding your girl with a little person getting hit dwarfy style without you knowing. Well, they do. You see, this is a, a, a good point that you bring up because I've spent a lot of time around dwarfs because they've been used extensively in the rock arena. <laughs> no, 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 they have. No, like sure, you, 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 sure. you can you can book them for various parties. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've hosted uh, Metal Hammer Magazine Awards and different uh, rock and metal festivals where in between the bands... Um, they would have dwarves. The, the, the Download Festival in the UK yeah. used to have dwarves just to walk around. So you would have, I don't know, four or five stages of all of the world's biggest metal bands across three days in a huge field in England, right? With a bunch of sort of like fairground attractions on the, on the, on the outskirts. You know, your standard yeah, yeah. big festival setup. But in amongst all of this entertainment, there was just a parade of dwarves that used to wander around. <laughs> and my experience with these dwarves, because they were there several years running, were they were the most inappropriate people because they think that because they're little, they can get away with, 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 with saying whatever. Right. And their chat-up lines, I mean, they because they're little, they'll say things to women that they find attractive that fully grown men could never come out with. Oh, of course not. I, uh... There's something about little people that, again, we don't want to bully or make fun, but it's just funny. It's funny to see. It's shocking. It's jarring. Now, imagine them wrestling. Before I go into that, though, they're, um, you know, I know everyone loved the Freddie Mercury Queen movie, but originally it was supposed to be starring Sasha Baron Cohen. He mm. was working on it. And when he was interviewed about it, he said that he had written in there a scene from a party he heard that Freddie Mercury had where he had hired midgets to walk around the party with plates of cocaine. Correct. On and the fact that that scene wasn't included in what became Bohemian Rhapsody proves that it actually wasn't that great of a movie. Well, it's also high-end work for a dwarf, because if you think about it, I mean, they're... <laughs> they're no, it is, because... No, sure. Because, because again, and again, I'm supporting the calls of the little person here. They're restricted for what they can do for work. Not all of them are as lucky as the guy in the Harlem Globetrotters to give, uh, you know, a two-foot right. two extension to a less-than-six-foot regular-sized player <laughs> on, the, on the basketball team. The others have to explode out of cakes. You know, there is um, the, the possibly the worst, the worst use of dwarf's time, which, again, you can hire them for from these different party sites, is if you're doing a bachelor party, yeah. you can hire a dwarf to be chained to the bachelor. So the poor dwarf <laughs> is literally chained to someone else for the duration of the, of, of the party, right? Now, given these three options, A, you can be chained to the bachelor at a bachelor party, B, you can explode out of someone's birthday cake. C, you can walk around minding your own affairs, probably at quite a fun party attended by a lot of other famous people you'd like to associate with. And very occasionally, you have to stop when someone wants to do a line of cocaine off your bonds. I mean, that is, that's, the, that's the best work. As long as their balance is good so they weren't losing a load of coke all over the place, I think that's, that's, that's decent work. Oh my God, I cannot wait for the next bachelor party I go to. That's uh, the first thing we're doing is strapping him to a midget. <laughs> now, going back to the night now real quick we'll pretend that covid does exist so we went we weren't it wasn't the greatest idea but like we this is something we've been talking about me and this one particular friend i went with for years every once in a while on facebook we'll see an ad pop up like midget wrestling coming to your town blah 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 and we always talk about going but we never go so 7 30 comes around we're texting trying to figure out what we're doing and he sends me the invite he says it starts at eight we go now or we don't go ever and I, there was no decision to be made. I packed up. I got ready. We went out there. Now, in the poster, they had about 10 little people on there. Mm. In the match, there was about four. And so I think either their team got hit with a COVID outbreak and, like, they forced like all of them to wrestle twice. And then there was one who like wasn't really a midget. It looked like he was like 5'3 and just like awkwardly shaped. Is there a definition, like a specific height? I think it's I think it's more about their proportions, but this guy was just short. And then there was another guy who was like 
He was a full-grown man. He was like 5'8 and jacked. Somehow he lost the match. It proves wrestling is fake. I was very upset about that. But then... I like that before it's even started, they've come out and you've gone, all right, they promised us 10 dwarfs. We've got four. Two of them are clearly two. I want my money back. There are only two genuine dwarves out for the wrestling. Well, I felt bad because all of a sudden, like one of them would go through like a thirty-minute fight, and then all of a sudden they're like, "He's in the he's in the ring again." There was one of them, and again, I don't want to make fun of everyone, but there was he had the biggest butt I have ever seen ever. And that was combined with the largest forehead I have ever seen ever. And he kept winning. They were like, yeah, he's the strongest one here. He's a monster. It was incredible watch. It gave me a great idea for our next billion dollar idea. Uh Now, I've always said the only way the UFC can become the greatest sport in human existence is by adding a heavyweights women's division and the under five foot men's division. Mm-hmm. Now, Dana White, for some reason, has not responded to any of my emails about this. Right. Well, now he knows you're a tech genius. Perhaps they just <laughs> perhaps they haven't been getting through. You should try an email again. I, I think it's time we start our own fighting league. We'll call it the Big Bitches Fighting League. And we get like a 300 pound women's division and under five foot men's division and just let them brawl the wrestling was fun but it was clearly fake i want to see them like really go at like fight to the death style that's where the money's at and sure people at first will be like oh we can't make fun of them but once they see how great it'll be watching these little fuckers knock each other out everyone will be on board do you think that um there were only uh, four when they were expecting 10 that turned up to the midget wrestling because someone booked a cocaine party somewhere else in the neighborhood. And so the other six were like, hey, we got a better booking. You guys got to wrestle in front of people like Jeremy. <laughs> we're going to some uh, mansion to walk around with trays of cocaine on our head. There's a queen party going on up the road. <laughs> it's definitely possible because the debauchery that went on after the midget wrestling was equally as crazy to someone throwing a midget cocaine party. <laughs> we, we went to the bar after. I, I shit you not, I almost saw a live porno just happening right in the middle of a bar. And then... With midgets? No, sadly not, but with a girl that was way too large for this guy to be with. And the shocking part was, then all of a sudden she scurried off, and the guy's very attractive girlfriend came and, like, passed out on top of him at the bar. So... He had left her for this disgusting girl. They were literally about to have sex in the middle of the bar till like someone stepped in and was like, hey, you guys are in public. The girlfriend <laughs> came. They fell asleep like in a booth. Then all of a sudden, both of them just start puking everywhere out of nowhere at the exact same time. It was COVID be damned. It was the craziest night I have had in months. <laughs> Where, what happened to the little people? Where did they just go to the next town? I'm, I'm sure they went to either the next town or the closest cocaine party. The bar we were at was surrounded by like all the strip clubs of Dallas. So I imagine that's where they went afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I just had a, I, you know, t- um, Freddie Mercury with those giant teeth. You would have thought with the amount of cocaine he did. He would have grinded those teeth down a little bit. That's just a little. That's just a just a thought it that came into my it. head. I'm just I'm just visualizing him now, like bending over to a tray of cocaine on the midget's head at, <laughs> at, at, at a party. And, and and I've often thought like he did have some big gnashers, didn't he? And um, you do a lot of cocaine. It tends to make you grind your teeth. Imagine how big his teeth would have been if he didn't do that amount of cocaine. He didn't grind his teeth that much. I'm just thinking aloud. No, that's what I was gonna say. Like. That shows how much cocaine he did throughout his life. Like, clearly he started at 16 and the teeth you saw at Fame were like, no, those are the whittled down versions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was his version of home dentistry. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's why cocaine was invented. Uh, We have uh, Song of the Week to get to. We will do that in part two of today's Did You America Stand By. All right, part two of Did You America uh, today. Let's do Song of the Week. If you want to vote, go to didyouamerica.com slash song. Or we have um, a poll on my Twitter. I'm Ian Canfield on Twitter. Last week, Lose Your Head by London Grammar was New York producer's choice. Ask Anyone by Lice, the choice of Jeremy. And I went for Harlem River Blues by Steve Earle. The results are... 
Steve Earle's Harlem River Blues, 29%. Jeremy's Ask Anyone by Lice, 14%. Hey. Yeah, you're still losing, but coming up. It went up to from three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, mom. exactly. Um, it's like you're still at the bottom, but you're growing, almost like a dwarf. <laughs> Just like a dwarf. Uh, well done to uh, New York producer Lose Your Head by London Grammar, winning with 57% of the votes uh, from last week. Thank you very much if you voted via the website or on Twitter. Um let's do today's choices. I'm gonna go with the new one by AFI. Um I think they've got a full new album coming this year. Uh, the last one came out in 2017. In between that time, uh, Davey Havoc from AFI did that Dream Car project. Did you ever hear that? That was good. No, I didn't. So Dream Car was Davey Havoc with No Doubt. So basically, yeah. no, no Doubt went, oh, we're fed up for wait, waiting for that bitch Gwen Stefani to come back. Too busy on the TV doing talent shows. Is that what blowing she does? Blake. Yeah, blush, too, too busy blowing Blake and deciding that she doesn't need us and doing a solo career. Or so we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna do another thing with uh, who? Who's the who's the closest we, thing we can get to Gwen Stefani? Davey Havoc from AFI. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was good anyway. So he did uh, Dream Car. Um, but uh, AFI got a new album coming out and they put out a couple of uh, new songs uh, as, as teasers uh, a few days ago. One of them is called Twisted Tongues. So my choice today, Twisted Tongues by AFI. All right, my choice, I have decided that uh, clearly you guys do not like rap. So I've gone away from that for once, and I've went with uh, the new Dayglow song, Close to You. A New York producer going with Easy by Pale Waves. Uh, you can vote, as I said, by going to the website, digyouamerica.com slash song, or have a look at the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Twisted Tongues by AFI, my choice. Oh, sorry, Dayglow, Close to You. Jeremy's Choice and uh, New York producer choosing uh, Easy by Pale Waves. And if you do vote via the website and you can afford it, buy a T-shirt because we do have Did You America T-shirts. They are for sale. And how wonderful are they, Jeremy? They feel so good on your nipples. <laughs> it's, it's the best way I can describe them. Uh, we should talk uh, a little bit about uh, Phil Spector, who uh, died yesterday. Uh, the, the best headline I saw for the death of Phil Spector was music producer slash murderer <laughs> Phil Spector dead at 81. And it wasn't so much the wording because that is a, a very clear summation of his life. It was that they showed two separate pictures of Phil Spector. And under, <laughs> under the words music producer, they had a picture of him in one of those giant Afro wigs that he took to wearing in later life. And then- Oh, that was a wig? <laughs> yes what that's wait and that's the wig he chose i never oh my god so jeremy's now like jeremy's like well yeah of course he killed the woman but hang on back up there was a wig i mean we had to how did they not immediately know he was going to be a murderer if that's the wig he chose to like present himself with do you think they use that as evidence in the court case? They weren't getting into the fundamentals of who had the gun, when she put the gun in her mouth, who pulled the trigger, how wasted everyone was. Just to prove to, to get a guilty conviction from the jurors, they went, let's just talk about your choice of wig. I think you'll find the choice of wig shows a complete lack of judgment of on all counts. Yeah, I mean, you just put me, I'm shocked. I'm literally shocked. So, music producer... Picture of Phil Spector in wig. Murderer, picture of Phil Spector's mugshot with no wig, oh, where God. he was looking almost a little Charles Manson-esque, no, I have I to saw say. that. I just figured, like, in jail, he had, like, shaved his head because he was like, I mean, clearly with that bit, it looked like a, his, it looked like he was going bald with an afro. <laughs> like, why not just make it a full, why an afro? It was not the 70s. I think, um, well, you maybe could argue that he had a sense of stage. Because uh, did you watch the, the uh, about five years ago, HBO? I can't remember whether it was a miniseries or a movie. Um, but it was basically the story of Phil Spector from uh, the night that he killed the woman through the trial. And Al Pacino played right. Phil Spector and Helen Mirren was uh, his attorney. Um, and, and it was notable because obviously they had those two famous actors playing the role, but also because they kind of came down on Phil Spector as being kind of sympathetic towards him, as in... 
there was a certain aspect to that HBO show that suggested that maybe Phil Spector didn't kill the 1980s actress that he picked up from a house of blues one night, took her back to his house, put a gun in her mouth and pulled the trigger, which is apparently what happened. I mean, like, you know what? I always did question the story. Like, you know, hey, how crazy would that be? What if he actually was telling the truth and he's spending his life in jail? Now that you tell me he was wearing a wig of a balding afro, I assure you, he killed that woman. <laughs> the headline should have been, just like Ronnie saying, he clearly killed that woman. <laughs> well, I think everyone was sort of on board with the idea that he was crazy. And also he had a very uh, checkered history with guns. There were various <laughs> examples of him pulling guns. Like, he, when he produced, because uh, he produced the Beatles and then he produced Sean Lennon and, right. and George Harrison solo, there's a famous story about, I forget which album it was, but John Lennon's doing uh, a, a take of one of his songs and Phil Spector's the producer. And I think it's the producer's role, even when you're dealing with a Beatle, to go on the talkback and go, "Hey, John, yeah, I think we could, uh, I think we could do a better take on that vocal. Do you want to maybe give it another go?" No, no, no. Phil Spector comes out of the control room, brandishing gun, goes into the vocal booth where John Lennon's probably just been singing. Imagine all the people, and Phil Spector's like, "Yeah." Uh, gun to the head. I think you could do that one better. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I- John, um, I think we could do a better version of Give Peace a Chance <laughs> as he's pointing the gun at his mouth. I knew uh, I knew a little bit that, like, you know, he had done stuff with the Beatles towards, like, the end of, like, I know he did stuff with Let It Be and then their solo careers. I know Paul, like, famously hated him. Mm. But the best part I saw in one of the articles that I didn't know about is I guess there was a documentary for, like, one of John Lennon recordings and like he basically goes up to phil specter who's like telling him like do this do that do this and he's just like fuck off i'm john lennon i'll do whatever the hell i want like, right that i feel like that should be the memory of phil specter over anything well so it, the, the, thing, the murder but then that yeah 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 yeah, and and, and then the murder but the thing as i said that that uh, that documentary was uh or the, the movie that they made was was notable because they they kind of if I rem- and I, didn't, I watched it when it came out, so I haven't seen it in about five years. But if I remember rightly, they kind of depict Phil Spector as being crazy, which obviously he was, but sort of suggest that people were convicting a man for being crazy and maybe not a man who was actually a murderer. And it, it, it sort of interests me about how we do and don't banish celebrities' work from popular culture, because, for example... Phil Spector is convicted of killing um, that actress, right? Right. But yet, every October, there's a local radio station in every major town in America that flips to a uh, Christmas format, and they will play the Phil Spector Christmas album virtually 24-7, right? Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson kind of goes in and out of fashion of being banned, bandished from, uh, you know, banished from the the airwaves. Yeah. But, it, but, but <laughs> treated on when documentaries come out. Well, and literally, you know, it's kind of like there's a different way of dealing with celebrities in, in, in that way. There's always been a sort of thing with, um, and again, I don't know, I don't know whether like one's worse than the other. Like if you believe that Michael Jackson was a kitty fiddler, that's terrible. If you believe that Phil Spector killed someone, that's terrible. But yet, depending on the, the, the day, we seem to have had a thing with like, okay, Phil Spector put a gun in someone's mouth and blew her head off, but don't you want to hear Santa Claus is coming to town on your radio in December? That's absolutely fine. And then we get the stuff on Michael Jackson, and depending on how hard-hitting the latest documentary on Michael Jackson is, suddenly radio stations are pulling, ooh, don't stop till you get enough. <laughs> See, I think... Uh, was that Michael Jackson? It that was. was yeah. That was beautiful. I think the... Uh, the separating the art from the artist is like a real interesting debate. It's like ethics, you know, like it's, there's no right or wrong answer. It'll be debated forever. But truthfully, if we started canceling artists for the illegal things we did, I mean, we wouldn't have music. Like James Brown would have been canceled so long ago that hip hop wouldn't exist. Yeah. So I think, I think it is important to, especially in today's culture where like people are getting canceled to understand that like the, the art we don't have to support we don't have to fund we don't have to make them celebrities anymore but it's important to note that like 
Don't Stop Till You Get Enough was a huge song. Mm. You know what I mean? And Phil Spector had his parts in some of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, like George Harrison's solo album mm. is incredible. And mm. he he's a... A huge part of that. It's just interesting. And like I said, I'm not coming down on one side or the other. It's just a, a valid point to raise that if there's a hard-hitting Michael Jackson documentary that uh, uh, gains people's attention, then for a period of time, everyone stops playing Michael Jackson songs. You could see a list of terrible stuff that James Brown did to women, but no one's ever stopped playing James Brown right. songs. Phil Spector is convicted of killing someone, and yet all of the Christmas songs carry on being played. You do raise a very good point, though, about if you were to take, if you were to judge 1970s rock stars by the same standards that modern day celebrities have been judged in a Me Too era, right? Basically, I mean, you could pick up certain unofficial biographies on, let's say, Led Zeppelin, and you might as well rename a Led Zeppelin biography a guide of how to me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, and you would, but can you imagine? You'd have to cancel every classic rock station if you were going to judge 1970s rock star behavior by the same standards with which you've judged celebrities who've been canceled in the 2010s and 2020s. But that shows it's so inconsistent with what's going on because, like, you would think then that the Motley Crue book, The Dirt, would have been like burned like they used to burn Catcher in the Rye, but instead they made a movie about it and don't get me wrong incredible movie and incredible story and i mean you hear some of the the old rock stories you know you hear about van halen going under the stage to hook up with girls during guitar solo def leopard get it right def Whatever, leopard you know, def leopard had the dick licker passes <laughs> that's also an interesting thing because i i guarantee you if, if it, i'm sure it's on youtube you could see an old behind the music on def leopard right from vh1 or mtv whoever right. used to show those those behind the music shows originally and there would be a whole segment where they're almost glorifying the fact that they used to give out dick liquor passes to their roadies. So basically the roadies would go see the girls at the front of the show, the ones that were the most attractive. They'd give them these passes that enabled them to go backstage and then Def Leppard deliberately put a, a, a different solos in during the show. So there'd be a bit where there was just a guitarist on stage or just a drummer on stage and the rest of them would go to this backstage area where the hot girl with the dick liquor passes had been assembled to pleasure members of the band. Well, I mean, the poor one-armed drummer, he's up there going, are you kidding me? You, the singer's getting a blowjob while I'm the only one on stage working and I've only got one arm. It's, I mean, look at the one of the most famous fictionalized versions of rock and roll movies ever almost famous it's literally about a young boy befriending whores <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> like that's literally what the movie I is believe, about I believe if you look to order that on Amazon Prime that is the description that comes up a young boy befriends whores and travels around 1970s America with a band that kind of looked like the Eagles yeah accurate now <laughs> just back to Phil Spector real quick Another sign that we probably should have known that he was a murderer. Um, did you ever see the HBO documentary, The Jinx? What was that guy, Robert Durst? Who, right. No, I didn't. I know what you mean. I, I didn't see it. I don't know why. They don't necessarily look the same. They didn't necessarily do the same thing. But there's something about them that is so similar. Like every time I watched The Jinx, all I thought about was that Al Pacino uh, miniseries or whatever it was from HBO. Yeah. So clearly their signs were there. That like we probably should have avoided this guy who's waving a gun around parties. There were in the in the HBO Helen Mirren um, Al Pacino show. Um, it's also suggested that he would have got away completely had the character that Taylor Mirren plays not got sick because she's sick during the time. I think she has cancer, if I remember correctly, but she's sick while she's representing him. And she's obviously a hotshot attorney. Right. Because if you look at the timeline, there were years and years between her initially getting stuff thrown out and then him getting retrialed and then convicted. And it's suggested that, you know, he, he gets convicted years later because she's not available because she's sick um, to do the whole retrial. So... 
she was definitely putting forward a convincing argument that actually there was this crazy guy that was on trial and don't judge him, don't assume he's a murderer just because he's crazy. I, I wonder if there was a bit during the trial where they play a bit from the Phil Spector's Christmas album and go, you convict this man, you kill Christmas. She said, this- she said if the wig don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> well, yeah, that might have been that because he wore the wigs in the, in the courtroom, didn't he? <laughs> you know my uh, my other thing with uh, Phil Spector that I I took from it was I remember when it was news when it when he got busted for this right and and this again is just in my mangled up mind this is definitely during my drinking years right I read that they well in my head right they met at the House of Blues in Hollywood and he took her home to his place whatever happened happened and she ended up dead right and in my head i remember then reading a live review of a gig at the house of blues a few days later and putting it together that it must have been the this must have been the show that they were attending right yeah. and but again i did all this without actually doing any kind of sherlock holmes of uh, you know putting the date together and seeing if this was actually factually correct and so for several years in my head, they met at a Rob Halford gig at the House of Blues on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, right? Because I read that Halford, when he wasn't in Judas Priest, had played a gig at the House of Blues around the same time. And that, 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 so therefore, this must have been a thing. And I just live with this. And I, I've known Rob Halford for, 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 for many, many years. I was say, did you not just think to immediately ask? Well, so, it, but we were talking about something one day. This is years later, right? And I say to him... Um, Oh, you know, because, uh, you know, that Phil Spector thing, I can't remember how it came up, but I said, you know, the, the, the woman was at the House of Blues. Da, da, da. Now, I think now since, since, since I've researched this, the reality was, was that she just she worked at the House of Blues. So there's no saying that that was actually where they met. But right. I took the evidence that she worked there and that Halford played a gig at a House of Blues during the month that the actress met Phil Spector, that this all came together. But I was sitting having lunch with Rob Halford uh, one day a couple of years ago and uh, telling him about this and he went what no one's ever mentioned this i could have been in the hbo show <laughs> i'm like damn another missed opportunity right <laughs> <laughs> these things keep happening to me <laughs> like i was almost on that queen tour <laughs> I would have been in the movie like Freddy. Let's do some cocaine off this midget's head. Yeah. So anyway, that was my other thing with Phil Spector, right? For 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 a period of time, I put all of this together that the actual scene of the crime was like the uh, yeah. And I remember watching it for the first time. I was living in Chitsville when the documentary came out, and I'm going like. <gasps> This is the bit where they're going to go at the Halford show. This is the bit where they're going to go at the Halford show. There's going to be like in the background, like Phil Spector with the big wig's going to be chatting up the woman. And in the background, you're going to be breaking the law, breaking the law. But it was just something that only existed in my mind. You should have just went up to him and be like, hey, Halford, remember that time you and Phil killed that lady? <laughs> you know, the other thing I do remember about that Phil Spector TV show, and this is a bit troubling. I can't remember what it was, but there were a few bits where the Helen Mirren character is interviewing Phil Spector to try and put together some sort of a defense. And he comes out with a few one-liners that I think for the purpose of the TV show were meant to make you think, okay, this guy's completely crazy. And I remember watching it and thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense. What a profound statement. <laughs> Man, I am really seeing eye to eye with the Spectre character. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so anyway, um, he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Phil Spector, music producer slash murderer. Wig on, wig off. Why are we so good at obituaries? We, I, I think we're getting better at them. I think we're getting better at them. It was it was suggested before that maybe some of our obituaries weren't particularly respectful. I mean, we always add some extra color. I brought a Rob Halford solo show into the whole Phil Spector killing someone story. The worst will be when OJ dies. We, uh, that'll be the best obituary we've ever We're done. just going to play loads of clips of his YouTube videos from the golf course going, look, the guy might have killed two people, but fuck me, he was funny. Right, Did well, you see him <laughs> when he was on the seventh hole? <laughs> it's all going to be about the series. It's going to be nothing about him.
I, we should have checked his Twitter today to see if he had any comments about Phil Spector because he does like to jump on social media and pass comment about people. When um, he was all about Carol Baskin when she was all the rage about a year ago, right? Yeah, I think he just wrote hashtag should have hired Johnny. <laughs> All right, we need to do some uh, listener feedback before we are done with the show today. If you want to write to us, we hang out at digiamerica.com. You can uh, message us or you can actually be on the show. If you click be on the show, you can send us a voice message. You just talk at your listening device and um, have a chat with us. Let us know what uh, you're thinking. Uh, Dee Dawson said, uh, love your podcast. About the snow in the Dallas area, the person who was speaking to you in the cafe was only wrong about the year. So this was about a week ago. We were talking about the fact that it had snowed in Texas. Right. And um, I told you that some old queen that works behind the bar at a diner I go to was once telling me about the fact that, uh, oh my God, no, 2008, we had eight inches. I'll do the joke again. I said, are you talking about snow? <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> um, but uh, according to D, uh, it was uh, 2010 and the Dallas area had 12 and a half inches. Do you remember this? Well, I was in Arizona at that time, but I will say I do remember seeing photos on social media of like all my friends, like, oh my God, this is crazy. So blah, 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 blah. But I'm sorry. It was not 12 inches. You can send us the reports all you want. While 12 inches might have been the mathematical equation that the weathermen came up with, the amount of snow on the ground piled up. I mean, like, it wasn't at the level you could ski on. Right. However, going back to something that we covered in part one, um, when you're watching your illegal feed of the basketball and the, the gays who are providing the illegal feed are giving you a little commentary to the right-hand side of the screen and they suggest one of those players has got 12 inches, would you be convinced? Um, yeah. But that's just stereotyping. <laughs> uh, Chad message, did you ever watch Sledgehammer? I guess this must have been off the back of uh, one of our uh, conversations about 80s TV. Sledgehammer, no one remembers Sledgehammer. I've got the box set. Well done, Sledge. <laughs> so say, Chad. I, I only know the Peter Gabriel song. I was not aware there was a show. <laughs> there was a So Sledgehammer was, I was uh, one of my other favorite TV shows that we've never really spoken about on this uh, podcast uh, was the TV show Hunter. It was like, um, it was made by the same people that made the A-Team, but he was a cop in LA. And they basically said, like, if we took Dirty Harry, but we did it every week for an hour, that, that was <laughs> yeah. basically the, pretty good formula. So it was sort of like a one-man A-Team meets Dirty Harry. Um, and he was played by uh, Fred Dreyer, who uh, used to play for the LA Rams. I actually, in later life, uh, became friends and still am friends with Fred Dreyer. That's a, a, another story for another day. But Sledgehammer, right... Now, I should probably go find the person who created Sledgehammer because that we should be best friends forever. Hunter was a, it ran for seven years. It wasn't a huge TV show, but you know, it existed. But at some point in the 80s, someone decided that Hunter was going to be so popular they could make a parody version of Hunter because it's called Sledgehammer because his surname is Hammer rather than Hunter. And basically, so it's a comedic take on the TV show Hunter. Can you imagine being so deluded that your concept for a new TV show is that you're going to do a parody of an original show that not that many people watch to start with? I was going to say, like, how many seasons into Hunter, like, were they on around the same time? Yeah, I mean, they probably had a couple of seasons of Hunter and um, Sledgehammer's got, like, two seasons. There's a bunch of guest stars in Sledgehammer as well, like musicians playing parts and stuff. Um, but I remember it, it, it was on for a very limited time late at night on US TV. And I just, it, 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 this was my version of you getting a new iPhone. I was because no <laughs> one in England, none of my friends watched Hunter. It was another reason why I knew I had to leave the country. Right. right. And again, I wouldn't say loads of people watched Hunter in America, but enough people watched it for it to run seven seasons. Right. Whereas in England, literally no one knows what it is. But one day I was like, oh my God there's a parody version of Hunter. <laughs> See, I'm right. Now, which do you like better? 
Hunter. Oh, Hunter. But Hunter, the fact, okay. but but Hammer's a good, you know. <laughs> so trendy. It's just Hammer. You gotta be quick with it. I talk about it so much. I can't use two syllables. Three. Excuse me. This was the time when the the TV shows used to have famous catchphrases. So like you know, in the eighteen, they would say, "I love it when a plan comes together." Right. In uh, Hunter, used to say, "It works for me." And Sledgehammer's phrase was. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. So there'd be there'd be there'd be like a, a very dramatic intro theme, right? So it, Hammer was basically in love with his gun. So imagine like just a, a you know a parody version of Dirty Harry, although it was specifically supposed to be Hunter. Basically, the the opening theme for Sledgehammer. I think I think we're going to speak about Sledgehammer for that long, but now I've gone off on this tangent. I can't, I can't stop myself. It's like you talking about a, a cell phone. The opening of Sledgehammer was about a probably 30, 40 second theme, right? But the entire opening shot was starting as a close-up of a gun and the camera gradually, really slowly pans back from the gun and it turns out that the gun is on this cushion and it's in a case, like it's like Ooh, a, a crown jewel or something <laughs> like that. And then just at the end of the theme tune, it pans out and Sledgehammer picks up the gun, looks at the camera and goes, trust me, I know what I'm doing, and then shoots the gun. All right, pop in the DVD. <laughs> uh, so uh, to answer your question, Chad, yes, I did watch Sledgehammer. <laughs> I think that you knew the answer to that. Uh, Bean messaged us about the um, discussion we had regarding um, the the missing persons canoe story. Do you remember that? I told you about the faking their own death. The, right, that, that, right. Yeah, um, they went to Panama. Yeah, the the whole story uh, from about ten years ago: a British family, one of them faked their own death to get out of financial trouble, um, but he actually was secretly living in a man cave out the back of their house for six years. We've all been there. And um, the wife knew about it, but they kept uh, the 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 real story secret from their kids. So basically, um, the husband fakes his own death. Wife is in on it. Um, kids get lied to and um they carried on and then eventually they get found out uh, you know Bean, that is a very valid point i don't know how that did not become an hbo show but then i could also say how did sledgehammer not get a fourth season <laughs> i mean these are sometimes tv people don't make sensible decisions they just don't know i think it's time netflix brings back sledgehammer well i'm thinking the guy who plays sledgehammer you the guy who plays sledgehammer you'd recognize because he, he hasn't done he's a he plays bit parts in a lot of things now and he's probably maybe 70 or at least late 60s so maybe he could play the dad who disappears in the canoe story. David Rash? Yeah. Recognize okay. him? No? No. You just don't watch quality TV. I was going to say, I think... He's, uh, he's at least in a 1990s episode of Columbo. <laughs> no, he was in... He was in... He's in um, he, he was in Veep as well. You didn't watch Veep? No, I watched Veep. Yeah, he was in Veep. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow, eight episodes. Okay. See? Wow. See? Yeah, well, okay. I can't recognize everyone. I'm a tech genius, not a movie genius. <laughs> oh, this guy. Okay, I know. I, yeah, you do yeah, recognize yeah, him? Yeah. Now, just imagine him picking up the gun from the glass case and then turning to the camera going, trust me, I know what I'm doing. This guy is just the definition of, oh yeah, that guy actor. Apart from the fact that he was Sledgehammer. Like, no one would know David Rash from Sledgehammer unless you saw this list of Google images I have up that's clearly <laughs> just like nothing but his face over you, and over again. Do you think if I met David Rash that he would be happier that he's just a that guy actor whose face you recognize from a bunch of shows or that I knew him from Sledgehammer? Do you think he's happier just to be random actor who gets quite regular work and is ashamed of, of his one starring role for multiple seasons see i think that being a that guy actor is actually like the epitome of the industry i'd rather be david rash than brad pitt all day because brad pitt think of all the pressure that's on him he has one flop i mean he's not gonna make a movie for 10 years but david rash is gonna get Role after role after role, even if they are the same exact role until the day he dies. And when he dies, everyone will say, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's constantly in work. 
he's he's a great candidate to get forgotten by the academy and their uh in, in their uh death reel yeah that is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he definitely is that when he auditions for parts and they have to send in a resume do you think he's kept sledgehammer on it or is he taking it off no that's at the top he's like oh uh, i know i'm a that guy in these things but starring in sledgehammer <laughs> not the peter gabriel music he video. was sledgehammer that was the character <laughs> Oh, uh, the Davis Mafia sent a message saying, are you sure you haven't started drinking again? I think that was in talking of 80s TV. I think the Davis Mafia is referring to the episode where I sang the entire Fall Guy theme tune from memory. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, I was a little questioning that, too, but it's actually because I dosed him with meth without him knowing. (laughs) And uh, Deb G., uh, wrote so we need to do I'm, I'm going to make a definite concerted effort to do uh, listener feedback more often because otherwise we're just referring to things that were several episodes ago um, Larry King still alive uh, hell if I know well can you check alright I'm on I think it. he's I think he's still alive but there was a, an episode several weeks ago where we thought that he might be about to die because he was very old and had COVID oh my god he's dead no, I'm just kidding he's alive okay so we're very happy that Larry King is uh, still alive. In our, um, yeah. in our, maybe uh, you know, a little bit. Um, we're a little bit too fast to do an obit to, to Larry King. I think a little bit. Uh, it was still a good one though. So like, when he does die, we have it recorded. Right. We'll just we'll say okay. We we anticipated his death a little bit too soon, but we did do this like a year ago. So we'll just do this as a best of, and then play those clips. NBC News. Here you go. Just use this. <laughs> uh, anyway. In the obit to uh, Larry King, um, I was discussing that his best work was when he had Marilyn Manson on the TV show, and Larry King and Manson bonded over the fact that a grilled cheese sandwich is their favorite sandwich. Um, and, and Marilyn Manson's extra tip was put some ketchup on it. Deb G writes in to say Marilyn Manson is wrong. Grilled cheese sandwich should be eaten with salsa, not ketchup. So if you are listening, Larry King, you've been given a gift. COVID didn't kill you at nearly 90. Um, If you're going to fit anything more into the rest of your life, and I hope that it's a long one still from this point onwards, maybe try some salsa with your grilled cheese. That would be the life advice from Deb G. Deb G, great advice. Salsa is a great alternative, and ketchup is disgusting, but as the resident fat guy on Did You America, I can assure you the correct pairing with a grilled cheese is tomato soup. Everyone knows that. Yeah. It's tomato soup. Salsa, great alternative, nice difference of flavor in there. Um, Also, a nice mayonnaise spread could be good on the grilled cheese, but that's if you really want to get fat with it. But no, tomato soup is the way to go. Salsa, we'll put it number two. You um, just turned that into a very convincing sort of cookery segment on the podcast. I didn't know you had that in you. That's... As the resident fat guy, I could tell you all about food. But no, it was literally like Martha Stewart dropped in for about 15 seconds just then. I was quite impressed with that. Martha minus the jail. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll take that money. I want insider trade. All right. <laughs> um, did I you, probably will. Didyouamerica.com is where you can go for all things relating to this show. If you want to talk to us, if you want to send us a message, uh, you can uh, do it there. You can also buy a Did You America t-shirt. If you've got a, f- a spare few pennies, they are available there didyouamerica.com also the place where you can vote for song of the week if you would like to do that if you listen to this in anything approaching real time we plan on returning on thursday of this week did we america today hell yeah we did